Back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins. I am your host, Travis Winkfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the combine has come and gone, but with 14 picks before the compensatory picks are handed out later this month, it's going to be draft season each of these next seven weeks for your Miami Dolphins. We're welcoming in the creator of the Relative Athletic Scorecard, to talk about the freak athletic profiles of these NFL hopefuls. Plus, we'll talk about some current Dolphins players and their RAS scorecards from their respective draft years, and some sound from Cal defensive back Ashton Davis on new Dolphins defensive backs coach Gerald Alexander. All of that and more on this Tuesday, March the 3rd edition of the Drive Time Podcast. And I am thrilled to be joined here today on the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, by the creator of the Relative Athletic Scorecard. You can find him on Twitter at MathBomb. He is Kent Platt. Kent, thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I really love your work. It's it's a pretty cool way to track the overall cumulative score of what happens on the field at the combine and so first I want to ask you one how long you've been doing this for and also walk us through what the relative athletic scorecard the RAS what is that and how did you ultimately develop the final product yeah this is the eighth year that I've been doing this I started doing res in in earnest in 2013 Um, a lot of players were coming out that year that that had quote unquote quote question marks where, where they, they had talked about one specific drill and it's the 40 it's always the 40 um where they didn't do that well in the 40 and I, I started noticing that a lot of these guys were measuring really well in other drills and they were being called a poor athlete and I didn't feel like that was fair um so I started developing a system that would be a little bit more fan friendly a little bit more understandable easy to understand uh, so I centered on a, a zero to ten scale because everybody can understand that zero is bad ten is good um <laughs> And, and, you know, it, it just built a scale from there that, that would measure player athleticism. Uh, I've refined it every year. The, the My current system has been in place since 2017, and I, I don't see any reason to be changing it anytime soon. I'll change the databases, but not the actual data. Um, it looks at each individual metric. It looks at height and weight for size, obviously. It looks at uh, the 40-yard dash, 20- and 10-yard splits for speed. It looks for at, at the bench press for strength, vertical and broad jump for explosion, shuttle and cone for agility. Um, and then it just compares the percentage the percentile for those players all the way back to 1987 so it includes combine and pro day um, and it, it just gives you a number based on that and then it takes all those numbers gets an average and then it compares the average for every player and gets a final score that's also a zero to ten score so you can look at a player and say okay he's about a seven that's above average he's a pretty good athlete um, it just gives you a, a decent idea without having to dig through all the numbers to to understand how athletic a person is. Obviously, once you start looking at that data, you can dig a little bit further and find out you know the more granular information. But just having that that upfront picture is always helpful to have. Yeah. So when you see like a you know a player jumps 125 inches on the broad jump, and maybe you don't know how to correctly apply that, you can just look here at Kent's. RAS score, and it gives you a general consensus about where that player stacks up against other players in the class in the athletic testing. And for me on this podcast and my work in general, Kent, I love the film stuff. And so to get the athletic profiles paired with that, I think it's a great cumulative measure of what a player looks like heading into the draft. 
and maybe where their draft stock might check in at come draft day. So before we get into the athletic marvels here, I do want to talk about the athletic freaks that are already in Miami. But before we do that, even I want to ask you, because the Dolphins have 14 draft picks this year. If you've been doing it for eight years, about where does this class check in in terms of their overall RAS score sheets? This class has been fantastic. It's, it, I, as you mentioned, I've been doing this for eight years. It's been so much fun this year getting ready for the draft prep and getting ready for the combine. Um, I've still got the entire pro day circuit to work, but the, the combine was fantastic. It was so much fun. You always come in with different storylines with players that, that need to do well in a certain drill. They have to show that they're fast. They have to show that they're explosive. Most of those players did those things in this combine. All of those storylines that you get every year – I, I can't remember a time in the eight years I've been doing this where so many players have hit those benchmarks and accomplished what they needed to do coming into the combine. It's been a lot of fun. I'm really excited for this draft class. And let's go ahead and go back to the most recent draft here and reference the Miami Dolphins players and their RAS scores over the last several years. I want to start first with last year's first round draft pick in Christian Wilkins. And if you watch him in any setting, you can tell he's an athlete. The guy that did the splits after Clemson won the national championship game. Clearly, a man that size bending that way is not natural. But where does Christian Wilkins come in on the RAS score sheet, his combine workout from the 2019 NFL Combine? Christian Wilkins came in with an 8.55 out of 10, which wow. is really good. Anything over 8 is considered elite. Uh, it's actually color-coded on the cards, so anything anything over 8 is in green. Anything below 5 is in red. Everything else is yellow. So he had an 8.55, which is a really good score. Uh, it's funny because it's one of my favorite types of cards where, where none of his other metrics were in that elite range, but he still had an elite score. Um, it just shows you that he doesn't have any real athletic flaws. There aren't really, really any holes to who he is as an athlete. Uh, and I love seeing guys like those, just just great overall athletes like that. And going back one year prior to that, I think this is the guy, in my opinion, that probably popped on your score sheet more than anybody else. Tight end Mike Gesicki coming out in that 2018 NFL draft. The basketball superstar back in high school, we saw his video highlights on the Miami Dolphins social account. Where did Mike Gesicki check in with his workouts at the Combine in 2018? Mike Gesicki checked in with a 9.96 out of 10. He was, the, I think, the third most athletic tight end in my entire database since 1987, which is, you know, I, I guess that's pretty good, right? <laughs> Not bad. That's uh, the year I was he, born, so hey, good company. <laughs> he, he jumped out of the gym with a 41-inch vertical. He had a 6.76 cone time, which is just insane for a 247-pound guy. And then, of course, he ran that 4.54, which teams love. Uh, it's it's a, an elite athletic pro to profile. It's hard to find tight ends or any position that, that's that athletic. Um, the idea with picking a guy like that is getting that upside as early as you can. Tight ends is one of the most athletically demanding positions in the NFL. So getting one of the best athletes that's ever come out of the draft, you, you can't go wrong there. So I skipped over something I wanted to say to you in response to the Christian Wilkins RAS score and kind of how we can apply these score sheets to their tape and what it produces on the field on Sundays. You mentioned that Wilkins, you said a great quote there, Kent, that he really doesn't have any athletic flaws, and I think that shows up on Sundays because he plays multiple positions across the defensive line. He can penetrate as a pass rusher. He can hold the point against the running game, so that checks out in that way. And then Mike Gesicki attacking the football down in the red zone, the leaping ability, the speed to get on top of linebackers, the quick movement at the top of routes to transition and get off the top of that route and get off the coverage and create separation that way. So both of those things translate. Let's go ahead now to a linebacker from Ohio State in the 2017 2018 NFL draft. Check that. Jerome Baker, the linebacker. I have a feeling that he too is pretty high on your score sheet. Oh, absolutely. Jerome Baker came in with a 9.26 out of 10, which is again in, wow. in that elite range. 
Um, he was undersized when he measured in, but his his forty yard dash was fantastic at a four point five three. He had uh, elite uh, explosion drills. He had elite agility drills. Everything you want from an athlete, Jerome Baker had. And you want to get a guy like that on the field because you got guys like Gesicki out there, those super, super athletic tight ends. You got to have somebody that can run with them in coverage. So picking somebody that's got that speed, that explosive explosiveness and that agility, that's exactly what you want out of, a, out of a linebacker. And that's exactly what we got with Jerome Baker last season. Basically never left the field as long as he was healthy and ready and active to play. And you see that, like you mentioned, with the ability to run down the pipe, to run 20, 30, 40 yards downfield with a tight end, but also to chase sideline to sideline in the running game sniff out screens, that type of stuff. So again, this all matches up for Jerome Baker as well. The next player on my list here, we're going back to 2015 slot cornerback. And we heard Deion Sanders and the NFL Network crew talk a lot about the importance of the slot position. And McCain transitioned this year back to safety, playing a little bit of both, maybe going forward safety and slot cornerback. We'll see what the Dolphins decide to do there. But Bobby McCain, as well as the other guys we talked about previously, did he check out pretty well? Bobby McCain had an elite score. He had an 8.48 out of a 10. But what was really interesting with him is that he ran a 3.82 shuttle time, which is just insane <laughs> from any player. Uh, that's 99.7th percentile for cornerbacks since 1987. That's insane to have have that level of agility. That that start and stop ability for a cornerback is, is what you want to see when you have somebody that can cover the slot, those shiftier receivers. You want somebody that can plant their foot and change direction quickly. So having a guy that can do that and put up a score like that, that's perfect. Yeah, and you definitely, like you mentioned, covering a guy in the slot, all these quick, agile guys that can win in a phone booth, like a Julian Edelman in New England, for instance. You have to have that quick twitch ability to be able to win in the slot from a defensive perspective. Let's stay in that draft class, and a guy that really broke onto the scene this year with 1,200 receiving yards, nine touchdowns out of Louisville, Devontae Parker. Where does he come in on the RAS score sheet? Devontae Parker came in with a 9.75 out of 10 when he came out of Louisville. Uh, he came in with no another guy with no athletic flaws. Um, he did. He came in with good size. He came in with great speed, great explosiveness. He didn't test in the agility drills, but every other measurement that he had was either above average or good. I think his lowest percentile was still 73rd percentile. It was just one of his splits. Uh, everything was fantastic for him. He has great get-off. Um, I think you can see it right on tape, his explosiveness off the line, his, his leaping ability and his ability to separate at the top of his routes. That's what makes him win in the NFL. He does a great job of that. Yeah, I don't think anybody was better at contested catches this year across the NFL than Devontae Parker. Then we get into Week 17 against Stephon Gilmore, who wins the Defensive Player of the Year award, and Parker goes off for something like seven catches for 120 yards on the best cornerback in the NFL. So very impressive work there. Let's go ahead and get back now into this year's combine and start here with the quarterbacks and just go position by position and talk about some of the things that stood out to you in terms of the RAS score sheet with the quarterbacks. Yeah, Justin Herbert was one of the one of the top three quarterbacks for most people in this draft, and I don't think anybody was expecting him to have the type of athletic showing that he had. We all know that he can throw, but Justin Herbert ended up coming out with a 9.69 RAS, which is not common for a player that's 6'6". You know, a 6'6 guy shouldn't be able to run a 4.68. He shouldn't have those... Well, You'd hope he has that elite hops. He's a tall guy, play basketball probably, but you know he had great uh, agility or great explosiveness scores. He had great speed. Uh, he came out with the highest score in the class. I don't think anybody really expected that. Uh, Jalen Hurts is another guy that a lot of people like. He's very athletic in Alabama and Oklahoma. He came out with a 9.6 just behind Herbert. Uh, that's a really good score. You really like to see stuff like that. Um, the other guy was Jordan Love out of Utah State, another guy that uses that athleticism on the on the field. He has a big arm. He can run. He can move. He came in with an 8.58. 
So the guys that did measure at the quarterback, obviously Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa didn't. But of the guys that did, they exceeded expectations. They did really well at the combine. It almost feels like a a statement for the modern times of football as players are just getting oh, faster yeah. and stronger every single year. It's fun to watch. And I thought this year we might have a receiver break John Ross's record. And I was hoping he would because I think that Henry Ruggs will be a really good player at the next level. I assume that he kicks off your receiver measurements here. Yeah, Henry Ruggs, uh, his overall score was still in the elite range, but it's mostly just that speed, right? He's, he's all speed, um, which is fine. Uh, he came in with elite uh, explosiveness scores. He had a 42-inch vertical, which at 5'11", you don't, you don't usually see guys that can jump that well. Uh, he came one inch shy of getting an 11-foot broad, had 10-11 on his broad. And, of course, you mentioned that 4.27. You know, the only reason he didn't have a higher score is because size is factored in, and he is right. 5'11 and 188 pounds. So he ended up getting a 9.66, which that's like that's fifth in the class to tell you how athletic this, this draft wow. class is. That's fifth. Uh, the number one guy was Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. Right. Uh, he came very close to breaking Calvin Johnson's Raz record. Calvin Johnson currently holds the ten the ten spot for Raz. For Raz, if you're at ten, that's the the most athletic, the highest average uh, athleticism score of any player ever. Um, Chase Claypool tied it at ten because I have so many receivers. There's two guys at the top. His is just behind Calvin Johnson, just to give you the idea of the type of athlete he is. Six four two thirty eight ran a four four two and jumped out of the gym an extremely talented athlete. Um, and then Justin Jefferson was a guy people were worried about being athletic, and he came in second in the class, had a 9.84 RAS, great speed, great explosiveness, good size. You know, As I said, everybody's exceeding expectations this year. It was a lot of fun to watch those guys. Yeah, you paired Jefferson's athletic ability with the fact to me that he is just one of those dudes. Like He goes out there, he can run routes, he competes, plays with his hair on fire. A lot of fun to watch him play. How about the tailbacks this year? I think that maybe some of the times weren't what people expected. We saw Jonathan Taylor have the great 40 time, but what did you get out of the running backs at this year's combine? Yeah, it was a little unfortunate that Jonathan Taylor only ran of 4.39. I mean, I really expect him to do a lot better than that. He's 226 pounds, uh, but people didn't realize, you know, they, they see that Wisconsin uniform and maybe they think that he's just that big bruising guy they've been, been churning out year after year. But Jonathan Taylor is a, a burner. He can fly. He's a big dude that can move. He came in with a 9.57 RES. He didn't have any scores below average, except his, his bench was barely below average, but really great athlete. Um, uh, Levante Bellamy was the guy that everybody expected to, to, to contend with that, that sub four, three, um, he ended up getting injured on his 40, so wasn't able to do so. Um, we had Cam Akers from Florida state. I'm sure you're familiar with him. He came with a 9.31 Raz. That that's a guy that people were saying was going to have some trouble at the combine and he blew, blew expectations out of the water. He ran really well. He jumped really well. You know, he, again, guys are just beating expectations this year. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I would echo the sentiments on Jefferson with Cam Akers and the competitiveness and just the fire that he plays with. A lot of fun to watch on Saturdays. How about tight ends? We talked about Mike Kosicki. I have a feeling nobody came close to him in that regard, but who did check in at the tight end class at the top of your score sheets? We only had three guys come in with a Raz over eight. We usually see a little bit more than that. I think the lowest was like six a few years ago. But the, the guy at the top of the charts was Dalton Keene from Virginia Tech. Came in with a 9.33. Um, he's, he's not going to be your, your day one guy. I'm not sure that we have a day one tight end. Um, if we did, though, it would either be Cole Komet out of Notre Dame or Adam Troutman out of Dayton. And those are the next two guys with a 9.17 and 8.24. Uh, they both measured really well. Uh, Adam Troutman, uh, I actually did an entire thread on him on Twitter, but Adam Troutman came with a 6.78 
uh, three cone drill. I mentioned before that those those agility drills, those are really hard to do well in. He came with a 6.78 at 255 pounds. That's ridiculous, a guy <laughs> like that that can move that well in space. So I'm sure that NFL teams will find a way to use him. Um, he is coming out of Dayton. I don't know how the small school stuff works, but um, a great athletic profile, a guy that can move in space, guy that can catch, guy that can block. That's what you want from your tight ends. Yeah, and I'm surprised that, that he didn't play basketball at Dayton considering the fact that it is a basketball school and that athletic profile certainly does check out on the hardwood. Let's move now to the offensive line and one of the meat portions of this class. You and I spoke off air about how good the offensive line class is heading into 2020 and Tristan Wirfs blew it up. I imagine that he starts off the top of your scorecards here. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs is one of the top tackles in this class, and he's considered one of the best athletes in this class. So it's no surprise he had a 9.74 out of 10. Uh, he actually had two of the best uh, explosion drills in the entire combine history at a 36.5-inch vert. Um, I have pro days in my database, so it's not the best in my database. But for a tackle at the combine, that's his best, the, the best you can get. Elite explosion. Ran a 4.85 at 320 pounds. That's insane. Uh, but it speaks to the strength of this class that that's only the third highest score in this class. Uh, Mekhi Becton got a big bump because he's so huge. <laughs> um, and he ran a 5-1, which is an elite score for a tackle. And he did that at 360 pounds. That's nuts. Um, a guy that you didn't really hear a lot about, he was starting to get a little a little buzz right before the combine, was Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State. Um, I, I was wise to him because people had been saying, oh, you got to watch him. He's going to blow it up. Um, I didn't expect this kind of a performance. He put up a 9.94 out of 10. Every single metric that he did, with the exception of size, was in elite range, over 90th percentile. That's nuts to have a guy that's 311 pounds that can be elite in every way. Elite agility, elite explosion, elite strength, all of those. That's awesome. And it's great that we finally do have these athletic profiles on the offensive linemen because the guys they have to block on the other side of the ball, the defensive linemen, it is, it's become just flat-out ridiculous how athletic these guys are. And so let's go ahead and talk about those guys, the defensive linemen, and your RAS score sheets. Uh, the guy that had the highest RAS for a defensive end was Jabari Zaniga from Florida. 
Um, he came in with a 9.74. He had a, a, some early hype and started to, to wane a little bit as the season went, but it's he, he's a Florida defensive lineman who can run a 4.64 at 264 pounds. He has great explosion drills. He put up a good bench. He's just the kind of guy that you want to plug and play on defensive end to rush the passer. Uh, we also had James Smith-Williams out of North Carolina State. He came in with a 9.01. Another guy, great speed, not, ran a 4.6 uh, flat at 265 pounds. Big dude, explosive and fast. You want to you have guys that are either really strong and really powerful or really fast. So when you get an explosive guy who's also big and can run, that's really valuable for a pass rush because you can you can power past the bigger tackles and you can get around the, the, the more athletic guys on the edge. And the next position group has the guy that can do everything in terms of size, speed, and power. I'll go ahead and let you introduce the top linebacker. Isaiah Simmons. Yep. <laughs> wow, what a combine performance. Uh, I did an entire thread in Isaiah Simmons. He actually measured out as a 10.0, which, again, is the highest score that you can get for five different positions. That's <laughs> nuts. Uh, and one of them was cornerback. He would be he would yeah. be the most athletic cornerback in my database if, if I, he had come out as a cornerback and not a linebacker. That's nuts. You don't usually have guys that come in at 238 pounds and run a 4.39. Uh, we we talked about Jonathan Taylor running back. He, that that was what 15, 16 pounds lighter than what what Isaiah Simmons did. Uh, he didn't even run his second forty. They were like, "You want to run a second one?" He's like, "No, I'm good. I'm good. I got that four three nine. I don't need to." Uh, he he just missed out on a forty inch vert. He had thirty nine inch vertical and broad jumped eleven feet, which is again just insane numbers. This doesn't make sense. This is the kind of guy that you talk about as being created in a lab because the type that type of athleticism doesn't make sense for a normal person. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is a fast guy. He can cover. He can rush the passer. He can blitz. Uh, he's really good at setting the edge. There's there's almost nothing the guy can't do. He plays linebacker and free safety and nickel cornerback and strong safety and moves all over the place. He's nuts. I think it was the South Carolina game where he comes off of the edge one play, sets the edge and cuts down the ball carrier for a TFL. Then he blitzes, gets a sack, and then on third and long, he runs 40 yards down the field and stays in phase in coverage. It's it's so much fun to watch that guy play football. And speaking of that coverage, we end here with the defensive backs. You said it maybe wasn't the best defensive back class in terms of athletic testing compared to other classes, but who did shine at DB? C.J. Henderson from Florida was a guy that has a lot of athletic potential, um, and this is another Florida guy, so I'm sure you're, you're, you're very familiar with him. Uh, he came in with a 10.0. It's another position where we have two guys at the top. I have to check the averages to see if he's, he's the number one or the number two. Uh, but Marshawn Lattimore is the guy that was right at the top. Um, that's Darrell Rivas type of athleticism, and C.J. Henderson showed that at the Combine. Uh, Jeff Okuda uh, out of Ohio State, came with a 9.56 out of 10. He jumped out of the gym. He ran a really good 40, just what you want him to do. He shut it down after that. He had, he had uh, banged his head or something, but um, fantastic athleticism scores. Um, you have a lot of really talented guys that, that maybe need a little bit more refinement once they get into the NFL. They get a good enough coach, they can start coaching that stuff out of them. Um, but the guys that are technically sound, they've already got that athletic talent. We didn't have anybody that, that came out and put up a, put up a stinker in this one. Yeah, and so they are dubbed the Underwear Olympics, and no one covers them better than you, Kent. We really appreciate your time here on the Drive Time Podcast. You can find him on Twitter. He's at MathBomb. He writes for Pride of Detroit. Kent, we appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And there he goes. And one player I was hoping to hear about from Kent was Cal's Ashton Davis, because here's a question that I wanted to play for you guys, or a response to a question, I should say, on yesterday's defensive back audio 
because he had some great things to say about new Dolphins defensive backs coach Gerald Alexander, and we'll go ahead and just play it for you here at the answer because you can't really hear the reporter's question, but the question was, what can you say about Gerald Alexander's coaching style and what he meant to you at Cal? Uh, he's, I don't know, he's, he's the best coach I ever had. Um, I don't know what his style is, he kind of, he's, he's got all kinds of stuff, but um, he's just, he's very driven like me to, to be the best that he can be. Um, you know, I said it earlier, he was taking, he's taking trips in the offseason visit NFL teams and just um, try to get nuggets from anyone he can um, and get better and I can I can definitely relate to that as a, as a player um, someone who's trying to improve all the time and it's it's refreshing to have a coach that's doing the same thing and not just uh, set in their system set in their ways that last little nugget there about adaptability and not being set in their system or set in their ways great to hear basically the theme of Brian Flores' coaching staff hires this offseason finding guys who are versatile finding guys who are hungry and finding guys with a like-minded mentality of coach Flores who was a guy that came up from the very bottom we heard about Jim Nagy talking about this on Friday in that interview I had with him about how Flores was a scouting assistant in New England and just worked his way up into a positional coach into defensive coordinator and now for us luckily the head coach of the Miami Dolphins All right, that is going to be my time for this edition of the Drive Time Podcast. We're going to have Jordan Reed of the Draft Network on tomorrow's show. You don't want to miss that. One of the very best in the business. He was out there in Indianapolis on the field for the workouts. And everywhere I went, I saw that guy just working and grinding. So I can't wait to get his opinion on this draft class. As for today, you all, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Check out MiamiDolphins.com for all the daily written content on your Miami Dolphins. Until next time, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.